You are listening to the 100K Hairstylist Podcast, episode number seven. I'm James Gartner, hairstylist turned top 200 salon owner. But it wasn't all that long ago that I was a broke stylist just trying to get by. Fast forward past many failed attempts and lessons learned, and I was able to sell my salon and build the business I have today, teaching others exactly how I did it. I created the 100K Hairstylist Podcast to give you a simple, actionable, step-by-step strategy to do exactly the same thing. If you're an ambitious hairstylist, salon owner, or even one in the making who's looking to create a business that is thriving and helps you create a life you love, you're in the right place. Let's get started. All right. Uh, awesome. Welcome, everybody, to the 100K Hairstylist Podcast. Today is going to be an amazing episode, and this is catered for you um, new hairstylists out there. Um, you know, most new hairstylists find themselves in the same position after they graduate beauty school, and that's where do I go from here? And, um, you know, if you wait on getting your license and finding a salon job, you may never end up even entering the career. And um, this happens more often than you think. I think one of the biggest um, struggles that beauty schools have when it comes to um, their students is actually getting them to get their license and go on into the workforce. Um, This is something that they're graded on when it comes to their NACIS accreditation. And um, so it happens more often than you think. And in this episode, we're going to go over all of the key things to look for when you're finding a salon job. And um, these tips are really not um, just for new hairstylists. They're great for for both new hairstylists and experienced stylists who are looking to find their next salon job. And right now, um, people are making career shifts right now because we are in an unprecedented time where we thought our industry was recession-proof. And um, turns out that um, it took a pandemic in order for us to realize that um, we are not proof of anything. So um, a lot of people are making career changes right now. So I think this is a perfect time to release this episode and talk about tips um, when you're looking for your next salon job. So let's jump right on into it. So tip number one that I have for you is all about um, whether or not a salon will um, help you in achieving your goals. And part of that for you new hairdressers is do they offer an intern program? And um, I know that a lot of people just want to jump right on into their careers. And I get that. But interning helps you build your skills. It's a super easy way to do it because um, if you're lacking in some area, um, it's especially in your color formulation or your application. Uh, Being an intern really does help with all of that because it gives you those skills. It also helps with your customer service skills if you are shy to speak with people. So do they offer an intern program? And, you know, an intern program allows you to get to know the salon and their systems so that this way you can determine whether or not they're a good fit for you. Listen, if you're an intern and you intern somewhere and you realize, you know what, this is not the gig for me, no harm, no foul. You gave them something, they gave you something in return. Um, You can walk away from the endeavor and find your next gig that actually offers you the support that you need. But um, interning is a great way to build your skills. Now, for those of you who aren't interested in interning, you may want to find a salon that will help you build whatever skill set you're looking for. So for example, when I was new, 
to the industry, I knew that I needed work on my speed, just pretty much like 99% of every new hairdresser out there. And so what I did was I ended up working at one of those quick cutting places and coloring places. Um, I won't mention any names, but you know what they are. They are the um, quick, high volume um, salons. And it helps me uh, increase my speed because I knew that my pay was dependent on it. I needed to get people in and out in a certain period of time. And just the sheer volume of haircuts that went down in those places helped me build my uh, speed when it came to uh, haircutting. And so color was another story that I needed a little bit more practice on. But you know what? When you're when people are paying low prices to get their hair done, um, you know, um, uh, F up every now and again was okay. So it really allowed me to be able to get the experience that I needed and sort of um, learn through adversity without really um, beating myself up about it because the customers weren't paying a high dollar amount. I know that sounds terrible, but um, it's true. They say that uh, cheap hair uh, is not good and good hair is not cheap. It just is what it is. So the first thing is, do they offer an intern program or is there somewhere that you can go that's going to allow you to build the skill set that you're looking for? The second tip here is going to be training. It kind of is the same thing around an intern program is do they offer training support? So meaning, are they going to put you on a platform to success? If you go in there and you say, may I see, you know, they say, oh, I have an, I, we have a wonderful training program. Well, ask to see the training program. I think you'd be surprised how many salons don't actually have a training program on paper. What they really have is like a shadowing program where they just kind of throw you in with somebody and really what you end up doing is shampooing all day long and that's wonderful and you can get tips that way and that's great but what you really want to know is am I going to learn something is there going to be a we're going to start you out here at guest services so that you can learn how the books operate and you can learn our point of sale software system we're then going to move you into the haircutting portion of our program and in between working on a mannequin you're going to be doing those shampoos you're going to be doing the towels and all of the things that are associated with the um, new hire gig um, so it's really important to see if they have a clear-cut path to to your success so that you can come out um, being successful. So training is the second thing. The third thing is culture. Okay, this is a huge one because you want to make sure that the salon that you're going to work at fits your values and your style. So not only what you care about inside, but also your style, your, your personal aesthetic and your vibe. Does the salon mesh with that? And if so, perfect fit. If not, no harm, no foul. Move on to the next one. You want to make sure that it fits your vibe for sure. And something that inspires you. So culture. The fourth one is going to be education. And this kind of goes along with training. But what I mean by education here is, is there continuing education provided? So oftentimes you'll get into a salon and they'll say, yes, we have great education, but they don't actually have anybody setting up a continuing education outline or um, agenda for the year. And it's really, really important that you say, may I see your continuing education calendar? So so that this way, you know for a fact that you're going to be getting the continuing education that you need and deserve so that you can continue to better yourself. Because the last thing we want you to do is to get into a salon where you become stale because they have no continuing education and you just feel like you're not inspired and not motivated and not growing. That often that often happens to hairdressers.
stressors. And it's really a pity it could be solved by just getting product design education into the salon that can reinvigorate and re-inspire you and the team. So education. Number five, are you in the right city? This is huge because, you know, if you're not in the right place, there might not be a lot of walk-in traffic, new customer traffic. And um, for for example, if you are in an A-plus mall, there is going to be quite a bit of traffic coming in there, new customer traffic, due to the simple fact for vi- of visibility. You are there. People know who you are because you're in the mix of the Lululemons and the Apple stores and all of those other places. And if you are in a A-plus environment in an A-plus mall, the likelihood of people knowing who you are and booking an appointment is very high. So is there going to be new customer traffic? The other thing when it comes to are you in the right city is um, the income demographics, okay? Usually when you're in an an A-plus mall, the demographics surrounding you have a higher um, annual household income. And this is big, especially if you want to offer services um, as part of your repertoire balayage and hair extensions. These all cost high dollar amounts and you want to make sure that your ideal customers are going to be going to that location. Um, Hey girl, hey, I see you guys here joining. Welcome. Um, So are you in the right city? Super, super important. It's going to be much different working for a mom and pop shop in a small town than it is going to be working in an A-plus mall um, in a big city. And the reason is simply because the demographics are going to be different and the the new customer traffic is going to be different. So something to um, really understand and know. And that leads me to my next thing, which is pay structure. Okay, so if you want to be paid a high amount of money, you've got to go where the money is. And unfortunately, most of the time, it's not going to be in your small town mom and pop shop. And the reason for this is that there just isn't the demographics to support it. Unless, of course, you are in an area that has an affluent um, income demographic. If that is the case, then you are in good shape. A a mom and pop shop somewhere there is going to be ideal because it's going to generate the right type of traffic. But if you are in a small town where they has a a lower annual household income, it's probably not going to be the best for you while you're trying to grow your books. Something ideal would be in a large city in an environment where there's a lot of walk-in traffic for visibility. So when I mean pay structure, it's it comes down to that is it you know what the demographics are going to be in your area, and I think something to look out for when it comes to pay structure, and some of you may be you know here with me right now on this, is what is their pay? Do they do hourly? Do they do commission? Um, an example of the two would be an hourly would be more of like a team paced pay environment. And this is really great for new artists who are trying to establish themselves and grow because you can have a guaranteed paycheck. But oftentimes when you start to get into the, into the really booked phase and you're starting to increase your, your prices, sometimes it doesn't equal out and commission is a better environment for you. So what I always say people to look for is to kind of look at where you're at currently. Do you need to grow your client bases? And is there an opportunity for you to be able to leave the salon and grow some 
somewhere else and um, be put on more of a commission environment. Um, sometimes I tell people to look for an hourly and commission. It's like a dual thing. Uh, you're hourly if you don't hit your commission and commission when you hit that dollar amount to hit your commission. So hourly plus commission is a great opportunity for those of you who are new to the industry because it allows you to grow into it and you don't have to move salons. Whereas with the team pay, spay and pay environment, when you hit your pay cap, oftentimes um, it's not advantageous for the salon owner to increase your pay past a certain hourly dollar amount. And it's more advantageous for you to move on somewhere else that might offer a higher commission structure for you to be able to get paid more. And of course, um, like we said, it's going to be super important um, to find the right area when it comes to your pay structure as well. If you get a high commission in a city where the demographics um, and annual household income is super high and you can charge more money, now you're inevitably going to make more money. So if, if you see where I'm going there with that. The Other than pay, the seventh thing to look out for when it comes to finding a salon are benefits. Uh, do you need benefits? Do you need health insurance? Do you need all of those things? Uh, if you have a significant other who has a full-time job in corporate America or in, in, in some type of other big, uh, you know, big corporation, benefits are often provided to you. So that's not something that you look for. But if you're a single mom, for example, and you don't have anybody else supporting you, benefits might be a huge thing for you because you got to take care of yourself and your kid as far as health insurance go. Um, or somebody who's single and doesn't have a significant other to offer their benefits for them. So do they offer benefits? Uh, paid time off is also something to look out for and um, things like that. So additional to that is the environment. The last thing I want to talk about, and last but not least, is it clean in there? Look around when, when you're seeing things. Take a tour of the salon. Are the, are the retail shelves stocked? If the retail shelves are stocked, that's a clear indication that the salon knows exactly what they're doing because a stocked shelf sells more than an empty shelf. So look around. Is there a lot of retail on the shelf? Uh, look for cues that um, things are running successfully. So not only are the shelves stocked, meaning are they up on inventory? Um, do, you know, does, does the person who's making the inventory uh, actually have a system in place? If it's low on pretty much every product, uh, that I can pretty much guarantee that that means that inventory isn't running the way that it should be running. And you can pretty much count on your back bar not being available to you as well, meaning the color that you need and the lightener that you need. And that is a huge no-no uh, when looking for a salon. You want a salon that's going to provide you the back bar that you need and is going to have the retail stocked on the shelves for customers to purchase. And so the other thing to look out for are cues that the establishment is running successfully, meaning do customers look happy? Is anybody waiting for extended periods of time in the waiting room? Uh, that could come down to, of course, hairdresser uh uh, timing issues when it comes to their time standards, but are people happy at guest services? Are guest services uh, running the way that they should be, meaning they're checking people in and out, they're answering phones, um, everything looks like it's running uh, like a well-oiled machine. If so, then you may be in the perfect spot. If there looks like there's customer challenges, frustrations, people waiting, guest services trying to multitask because there's only one person up at the front desk and somebody's waiting for them to get off the phone, those could be issues for you to look out for. Um, ideally, what you would want is to see that the person is checking out the customer, placing that phone on hold, and then picking it back up and taking that customer after they have dealt with the customer in person. So is it running the way that it should be?
Now, the other thing to look out for is the person that's interviewing you. Are they on time? If you're looking for a salon job and the person that's interviewing you is not on time, that could be a huge red flag as well as far as how the management operates in the company itself. So look out for the environment. Is it clean? Is there retail stocked on the shelf? And is everything running like it should be running? So those are my tips for you guys as far as looking for a salon job, and I hope that they've helped you. I've taught these tips to many of students, and they have all gone on to achieve great success and uh, long-term happiness in their career, chosen career salon. So, you know, they all have found jobs and are living their dreams. You can have the same results, too, um, now that you've acquired these uh, simple little skills and have learned how to find a salon job um, if you are a new or even an experienced cosmetologist. So if you've enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend um, who is currently looking for a new salon job. And don't forget to like and subscribe to be notified for more episodes um, that help you reach that 100k hairstylist status. And um, until next time, guys, I will see you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to the 100K Hairstylist Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me if you would share your biggest takeaway on your Instagram stories or wherever you hang out. This helps me understand what you find most helpful so that I can make more episodes and resources like this. If this podcast has helped you at all, please take a second to leave a review so that we can share the word with others who may enjoy this. And last but not least, don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episodes sent to you directly. To learn how to work with me one-on-one and get instant access to freebies, trainings, ebooks, and courses that will help you thrive as a hairdresser and salon owner, go to GartnerJames.com right now. I'll see you in the next episode.